This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Matt. Hello. Another gorgeous Australian all the way to America just for us, right? (laughs) Just for you. (laughs) No other reason to be here. I know. It's great. And Jenna was just saying before she feels so overwhelmed with the Aussie contingency. Well, I, I actually kind of love it. I feel like I should be an honorary Australian. Because as I said before, the song I Come From a Land Down Under was number one on the day that I was born. Oh, wow. That is a sign if I ever saw Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. January 1983. Can you say, can you give us your best Aussie accent? Like, try really hard. Like, really try to convince me you're Australian. Crikey, mate. <laughs> Throw some prawns on the party. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> wah, wah. Wait, wait, I can do it. Am I not laughing? Maybe okay, I can okay, do it. okay. Crikey, mate. Throw some prawns on the barbie. She's very better. English. It was better, no? Yeah, I can't. It was better. Know. Yeah, it, it was better. Um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> just in my own defense, I've just said before we started recording that I could not do an Aussie accent to save my life. <laughs> so it's like I have self-knowledge of my inability to sound Australian. But it's, it's, just for the record. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I, I actually would rather sound like you than me. So it's all good. Oh, yeah. No. Well, but I was saying before, Australians work in California and uh, Californians work well in Australia. Do they? Mm. Oh, totally. But they would not know I was Australian. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I'm not Australian. <laughs> they wouldn't know that I was Californian. Uh, I mean, if you I say them, you're right? from California, but I guess, you know, don't you think they're received well? Yes, I do. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Okay, well, I've got to come. Yeah. That's it. I'm Absolutely. Come. Well, I've got the best excuse in the world. I know. I Sitting do. right opposite you. I do. <laughs> awesome. I know. I know I'm going to go with you one day. It's just a matter of time. I can feel it. I can taste well, can it. I know, know it's going to happen. Please? Yes. Yeah, well, totally. It's going to be a party. Yeah. Do you live Not in the Sydney? usual party no, you used to. That's all right. Where do you live? Because maybe no. I'll come visit your Melbourne. city. Melbourne. Melbourne. Mel- you can say, this is Melt? the other thing. So Americans are like, where are you from? I'm from Melbourne. Melbourne. They say, Melbourne. Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne. Oh. I know we were just saying we have to speak in an American accent for anyone to understand us yeah. in but America. I think an American would call it Melbourne. No, they, they call it Melbourne. Born. Well, Born. I would call it Melbourne, so there you go. Wow. Well, I'd be wrong come. too. You will, you will be welcomed. Really? Yes. Because <laughs> you can pronounce it. Is that how you're supposed to say it? <laughs> yeah. Melbourne? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's okay. I'm going to say it. That's great. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know where I picked up that. Well, you did well. <laughs> Okay, right. Let's get into it, girls. MLF news. Well, you know, as you know, we've been doing Insta Lives on Friday, one uh-huh. thirty p.m. It's really fun. Join the party. The point of this is for us to just get hang to out. know everyone, hang out, grow our community, and get a real-time conversation going. It's really fun. You it's know? super just fun. Because we're here having these conversations, and then you could be part of it. Yeah, and we want to know your ideas and stories and questions and the whole thing. Totes. So, yeah. And then, of course, we have a review to read. Yes. Today, hit us, Jenna. Yes. So today's review says, "Refreshing and honest. Really loved listening to the app on Maiden to Mother. Invent motherhood the way you want it to be. This really resonated with me and my experience as I embark on my own journey into motherhood. I also really appreciated the honest conversation around death of your old, uh, the death of your old identity. Thanks, ladies. Thank you, Annika, for leaving that review." Hi, Annika. We love you. Thank you so much, guys. Every review you you leave really touches our heart. We read it and helps us grow and spread the mission. So you are an integral part of this journey. So thank you so much. We honestly really, really, really appreciate it. We literally it. screenshot it and then send it back and forth to each other, just like being so happy. With lots of like smile emojis and fireworks and yeah. all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Seriously, that does happen. <laughs> Okay, so without any further ado, let's introduce our incredible guest today. So all the way from Australia, who's got a drum roll for me? Anyone? <laughs> Jenna can't do the one with the tongue. Can you do the, the drum roll oh, with your tongue? I, I tried. It didn't work. Hang on. <laughs> nice. That's what you wanted? Yes, that's, that's really good. Nat Kringudis. Woo-hoo. You did well with the pronunciation. Was it the R, the extra roll? Well. Kringudis. Kringudis. Is it a Greek name? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, let's get into it. Nat Greece. is a two-time best-selling author. So the hormone revolutionist and fertility fixer, are they your books? No, that's just the title I go by because everyone's like, what do you do? I'm like, 
I make babies. Oh, of and course, I fix you hormones. Do. Of course, it, you are every girl's best friend. Yes. We mm. need a mini gnat to keep in our little pocket and take around with us everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're a never yes. leave home without either. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so Nat is a two times best-selling author. She is the hormone revolutionist and the fertility fixer, an all-round woman's health expert. Every day, she makes women's hormones happier than a Pharrell Williams song. Mm-hmm. Woo! As a doctor of Chinese medicine, acupuncturist, and mother of two, her message is loud and clear. Fertility isn't just about babies. She is here to take the wonder out of your wonderland and have you clued up to live your best life because hormones are your life hack. Totally. They control everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. So everything. bossy. So bossy. <laughs> so bossy. <laughs> Why you be so bossy like that? <laughs> Well, would you like to give us the definition on today's topic, which is the mysteries of fertility and the thyroid? Yes, I will give you my stab at a definition for the mysteries of fertility and the thyroid. More and more people are claiming problems with fertility as the world we live in becomes more inundated with toxicity in our food, medicine, and general environment. Parallel to these worldwide fertility problems, we are also seeing more and more people being diagnosed with thyroid conditions. Are these conditions related? And if so, how can we heal our thyroids and boost our fertility? How'd she go? Is that all right? So good. Okay, good. You've done this before. I have, but I have never (laughs) defined this before and certainly not in front of an expert. So I'm glad glad I got the seal of approval. Wow. Okay. So thank you, Nat, for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I am personally obsessed with this topic because both of them directly affect me. Directly. (laughs) I've had pretty tragic experiences (laughs) with both fertility and, well, not really fertility. A bit of a tragedy. Some tragedies, yeah. Actually, yes. No, total total tragedies. You're right. For the majority of my life, I've been struggling with fertility and thyroid issues. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of questions for you that I personally want answers on. And I've also done a lot of research into these topics myself. So I'll be very curious to know if, you know, where, what conclusions we come up with. Yeah, let's do that. Come up with some answers or at least some ideas. Yeah, that's Because no one really knows. Exactly. (laughs) But we're getting closer. We are. Yes. We are getting closer. So let's start with the basic, which is what inspired you to get into Chinese medicine and this area of women's health, marrying the two of them? That's such a funny question because I... Rolled up to my first day at university thinking I was studying naturopathy and turns out, no, it was actually Chinese herbal medicine. Oh my gosh, you signed up for the wrong class? (laughs) You legend. And then I was just like, all right, well, let's just go with this because clearly that's what I'm supposed to do. So Wow. I just... That is faith (laughs) and trust in the universe for you. It was just... It was actually hilarious. And then I remember (laughs) ringing my mum maybe three weeks after and saying, oh, what have I done? Because... There was nobody like me there. You know, there was a lot of patchouli going on and it was just not something that resonated with me in terms of the people and anyway, she said to me, you can't draw a conclusion from three weeks. You've got to stick with it. And so I did and, of course, made some beautiful connections with some amazing people and was lucky enough to then go on and become a doctor of Chinese medicine And then I studied acupuncture. Um, But I really had this influx of women coming into the clinic not long after I opened, and this is 15 years ago or so. And they wanted answers for their fertility challenges and I didn't have a clue how to help them. And so one day I made a really bold statement and I said I had a business partner at the time and I said, I do not want to ever treat women's hormones. That is just not what I'm cut out wow, to do. Wow. I Famous do. <laughs> last words. I'm like, I don't want to do it. And plus hormonal women are a little bit crazy. <laughs> so I was like, I just don't want to, that just does not resonate with me at all. And oh, I don't know, not too long after, after the, you know, 70, 11th woman begging for help, I decided, well, maybe I do need to step up. Maybe I need to accept this challenge. And so I went on my own journey of learning um, because what we were taught at, school was nothing like the modern conditions I was seeing in the clinic. They Mm -hmm. were very new. They weren't necessarily scientifically proven because we've got to prove something over and over and over again for it to be real. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though you've got the symptoms, too bad. It's Mm -hmm. not real. Don't even get me started. (laughs) Right? So you know know what I'm talking about. Until medicine recognises it, it's not a thing. And all of these women were having horrible challenges with their hormones. So I 
also ask for permission from them to say, well, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but if you're happy for me to practice, which is what we're all doing on you, then let's see where this leads. And and so my own learning, my own discovery with my patients and positive results, I guess, led me to where we are today. Brilliant. Wow. The universe has really ushered you into your path, you know, uh, like kind I know. of unwillingly in a way it, sometimes. It <laughs> totally, it, I, I didn't choose this. I really didn't. And I couldn't be living more of my best life if I tried. Like, Amazing. you know, I just, it's whatever day I wake up, I get so excited to be able to to help women through podcasts or through treating hands-on in the clinic or, you know, there's so many ways of doing that. So it's not just limited to my profession, it's everything else it allows me to do that I just think it's, I don't know. And and have you had no personal experience with hormone or fertility issues? Um, I did. As a young teenager, I was very unwell, not young teenager, older teenager. So Mm. I was raised in a household that was extremely healthy um, to the point where I used to roll my eyes. Birthday parties would roll around and health food 20 years ago was all brown. It wasn't yeah. nice. It was all soy based, wasn't yeah, it? Was Which is so turned out to be not so good for you. <laughs> so, you know, I'd have the fruit men with the healthy lollies and I'd just cringe because it was embarrassing, you know. Mm. And but little did I know it was obviously ingraining something in me that was going to, you know, just shape the rest of my life. Um, I moved away from home and we had a Kentucky fried chicken around the corner and I was like, yes, this is my life now. I'm going to live the it. rebel. <laughs> um, and very quickly things turned pretty bad. Um, each month I would be that girl on the bathroom floor with my face pressed up against the tiles because I would vomit, pass out from pain, hot sweats, the whole thing. And all I wanted to do was lie there because it was the coolest place that I could find. Um, I would pass out from pain. It wasn't great. And Wait, were you, is this because your menstrual cycle? Yeah. So this is because when each month when my period arrived, it was, it was awful. Um, and I was studying Chinese medicine at the time, but because I'd moved away from home and I'd really moved away from what my diet would have been and my lifestyle would have been um, as, a, as a young woman, um, I didn't make the correlation at mm. all. But I gained a lot of weight as well and I, was, I felt very unhealthy and so I decided that I wanted to get fit. Again, didn't make the correlation. My periods improved and it wasn't until looking back quite some time after and then going, oh, hang on a minute. My motivation had nothing to do with my menstrual cycle or my, my hormones. It was how I felt mm. in my body. Um, so it was a, a real turning point, I guess, um, and I can relate to that now, but at the time I never put that together. Mm. It was just part of the, and the so, story. And, and so through a change of diet and exercise, you were able to correct the savage mm. um, symptoms you were getting every month? Yeah, they improved like dramatically. Um, and again, it was just because I cut out inflammatory foods. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, give, surprise. Give, a body, give the body half a chance to heal itself and it will. Do you know one of the most profound things I ever heard was from Dr. Tom O'Brien. I had him, um, I was interviewing him and he said something to me and it has resonated and I say it to everybody. Food is either of benefit or deficit. There is no in between. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, everyone needs to hear that because the amount of patients that say to me, oh, does it really matter? Like, if that's the only thing that you actually got a grasp on and you use nutrition to really take you to your best, you would you would feel so much better. Yeah. So many of your symptoms would, would be gone. We say food is poison and medicine yeah. here. It's like one or the other. And if you can consciously take in um, medicine, then Choose your medicine. life looks different. Choose medicine. <laughs> I know, right? It's, and it's just profound how we... Don't want to accept two. that. Mm. We just don't want to accept it's, it's it. It's deeply ingrained habits mm. and and not being educated as well on what food is doing to our gene expression, to our Absolutely. insides, yeah. it's to, our, to our moods, to our hormones, mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. of course, and then hormones. Okay, so tell us – sorry, we're playing Tootsies. Yes, I love it. girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> so um, tell us about the position, the, the role of hormones in our body. Wow. Everything, right? Yeah. They're the master controller. They're the messengers. They tell our bodies what to do. It's not us telling our bodies to have a period every month. It's your hormones telling you. It's not, yes, you consciously go, it's time to go to sleep, but it's the regulation of your hormones that allow you to fall asleep. You're not sitting there going, right, now, fall asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we wish sometimes it was that mm-hmm. easy. Um, everything is re- regulated by our hormones, which is why I say your hormones are your life hack. They are. If you can get that sorted, 
everything else is is so much better. So I think we we fear our hormones because they're complex and we don't understand them. And I think many women would get a diagnosis um, of some type of hormone imbalance and totally freak out just because we don't really have the knowledge to use that to take us where we want to go. So again, you know, I really wanted to step up and help women understand their hormones on a really basic level. You don't have to be an endocrinologist here, but if you understand it, you can make informed choices. And I think that's a game changer because a lot of women would go to their doctor, get their diagnosis, freak out, um, possibly be prescribed something that doesn't actually fix the problem mm-hmm. at Band-aid. all. And Why then, would they even prescribe because that? The, because they don't know else. what else to do. There is they don't else. have the information. That's why we called this episode a mystery because <laughs> there is there's so much mystery around hormones, fertility, thyroid, all that stuff. And a doctor would probably tell you, we don't know why, right? That, we don't know yeah. why your hormones are out of, are out That's of whack. That's exactly what they told me. You know? I was diagnosed with polycystic ovaries from the get-go and they don't know why it was there in the first place. And then years and years, they prescribed the pill, obviously, just to kind of create a fake period to dull the symptoms, which was, was, which was acne and bad skin that the polycystic ovaries was creating. And then after years of being on the pill, I'm like, no, don't, this is so wrong. This is so wrong. I'm currently infertile because you know, I had so many cysts on my ovaries and I'm using a Band-Aid. I'm not actually getting to the root of the issue. There has to be a reason why the polycystic ovaries are there and a way to, you know, clear them out naturally. But no one could tell me. So I always say to patients, okay, well, we've all got something, right? We're all predisposed to something. It's just a matter of whether or not it's being switched on for you. So much like a biology experiment that you might have done in, you know, high school, Um, you're a walking Petri dish and you either stick the Petri dish in an incubator that, you know, grows something or you leave it on the windowsill and it grows something different. How are we able to manipulate the environment that we're putting our body in? And that environment is external, internal, mental, emotional. And how are we able to um, allow it to turn it on in the right way, not turn it on in the wrong way, so Mm. to speak? So, you know, patients say, well, why do I have this? I say, well, genetically, that's your makeup and mm-hmm. you can't change your genes, but you can change how they behave. You can yes. change the environment that you're putting them in. You can manipulate that. And that's why some people have, uh, uh, you know, an expression and some people don't. But I'm wildly fascinated in the world of genes. I have a little boy that has cystic fibrosis, which is a fairly... Um, serious condition, um, he is living his best life. Mm. And we have worked out how to hack, basically, so that he can do that. And, you know, if you look at him, technically, he shouldn't be able to do most of the things that he does. In fact, I would say his health is better than mine. That's uh, really incredible. And that's something else to do a podcast on. I want to know about that. But so I think that the reason that I... Through diet, totally lifestyle, up, stresses... Yes, stress is the biggest factor. But what I recognised really, really early on with him, and I tell this because it's relevant to whether it's hormones, CF, whatever, um, is that we were thrown into this fear-based treatment protocol that was all about your life's changed, it's really bad, it's really serious. If you don't do what we tell you to do, he's going to be even worse. And basically we are going to look for every bit of evidence of sickness Mm -hmm. and keep you in this perpetual state of fear around all of the, in inverted commas, bad things that are going to happen to your child. So just be ready for that. It's so dangerous to listen to doctors, prognosis, diagnosis as... The and be then on you end expect all. that. Correct. You, know? you start living so what into starts it. what's happening is, and this is what happens, whether, like I said, no matter what, you start looking for evidence of the problem. Very quickly, I realized that I could start looking for evidence of health in his life and I could find it. And the more I looked oh. on that, the more it grew. So it, it, it was, you know, don't get me wrong, I was thrown into the depths of what I would call depression. Mm-hmm. It just felt very dark. Um, thankfully, I had done work to be able to move through that, not knowingly at the time, but I really did. It was three days of, of absolute, what I would call hell, my living version of hell. Um, and I was an emotional wreck, but there was this on the third day and, you know, I'll talk about that in a second, but on the third day of that whole process, I just had this feeling and I looked at my husband, I said, actually, it could be okay. And he looked at me like he always does. And he's like, okay, no, (laughs) sure. And I was like, no, no, 
I think it's going to be okay. And it was like this, I can not explain it, anything other than this little glimmer of hope that was like, hang on, if you just grab onto that and you start to help him live his best life, then let's just see what happens. Let's just, there's no, there's no harm in that. Not going to hurt anybody. And so that's what I started doing. I really started nurturing this, this focus on health and well-being, and I didn't care about the rest. I was like, whatever. And I really took his health into my own hands and I did some fairly hefty negotiation with some doctors and... Um, Mama bear. It just kicked in. As a, as a mum, it was like, you know what? I know what he needs. Yes. It's oh, in here. So yes. He's so lucky to have you as a mom. Well, I think he was given to us, obviously. Definitely, you know, yeah. He chose us. Um, but anyway, point being is that the more I... Fo- it just grew to a point where I don't worry about him at all anymore. It's not even... You know when you've got that burden on your shoulders and you can feel it's heavy and you're like, oh, I'm not really sure how this is going to go. Now, he's only six. Um, but every – and I know that every single day that he lives in his best state of health is another day on the on the ladder mm. for us. Um, every day that he has can avoid treatment um, because it's fairly hefty – not when I say fairly hefty, extremely hefty antibiotics is the actual protocol um, – treatment that they prescribe antibiotics for the first two years of their life <sighs> is, and he, then, is he on it no no he's off it yeah. he's never taken it never Brilliant. i was like no from the beginning i'm like what about his what about his gut they're like we don't care we care about his lungs i'm oh, like they probably don't think the gut's connected to no. the antibiotics they're like what do you mean it's got nothing to do with the antibiotics you're like oh my god so yeah, these are the people that are calling the shots and prescribing our future to us mm-hmm. correct right so i just it didn't sit with me and this is again I was able to sit, really sit with that and go, you know what, no, this doesn't feel right and really explore that. Why doesn't this feel right? And be able to have these conversations with his doctors at the time and I basically just asked for time. I just said, can Brilliant. I do it my way? I need to do this my way. You've got to understand what you're prescribing and what I feel is right are polar opposites and I just need some time to do this. And anyway, we It's a blessing that. that they let you negotiate because I've heard stories in America where parent, children have been like taken away from yep. parents. So it happens. Like I know this is off topic, but my dad's a child protection officer. So there was, a, there was definitely a day where I got a phone call um, from a healthcare professional that said to me, when are you going to get out of your son's way and when are you going to do what's best for him, not what's best for you? And this, I had this moment of going, oh, hang on a minute. Could probably have he could probably get taken off us. So I rang dad straight away. I'm like, what do I do? He said, go and get a second opinion, which no matter what is going on with your health, please go and get a second opinion always. Um, so I went to an integrative doctor and um, she is amazing and we see her regularly and basically she just supports whatever we, you know, whatever yeah. I say, this is what I think is right. Mm. And it's just another pair of eyes, which is really nice um, to look at it. And we still from time to time engage with um, other healthcare professionals just so that um, we're ticking all the boxes. It's, this is so the most brilliant story. Mom, yeah. Like I feel like I'm going to start crying right now. <laughs> yeah, it's well, brilliant. If everyone can just take Nat's story as the truth in, and uh, able to apply it to their own Issues with their health, do Mm -hmm. not give up. Do not take that diagnosis as the be all and end all. You have the answers and you know in your gut that the the human body is the most incredible machine to regenerate and cure itself. You just have to decode the symptoms and then do what's best and allow your intuition to guide you. And of course, there are some you know, professionals that you do need guidance from, but when, if it doesn't resonate, mm-hmm. don't give your life away no. to this person's like archaic and, and philosophy on things. Because they're so attached to their medical training that they think they're right. Well, I think, I think two things. A, I don't have all of the answers, but I, I just know what's right for me and my family. I really trust in that. Mm-hmm. And we've all made choices where we've gone immediately oh, hang on, that was bad. Mm -hmm. We know what that feels like. So I just really, whilst my choices were scary and outside the box, they never felt wrong and Mm -hmm. I just trusted. And every time I trusted and I was like, okay, I'm really scared about this, but I'm just going to trust and I kept doing that, um, it it was just, (laughs) I don't know, it was just an easy path. It just kept opening up. I've got to follow that intuition. But I don't, like I said, I don't claim to have all of the answers. I don't think anybody actually knows. So I was confident that I knew best Um, and I tell the story not because I think I've got it all covered or because I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow but I really think that we need to move away from this fear-based 
gunshot reaction, knee jerk, whatever you call it, reaction when it comes to a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And the other one thing I want to say is that your diagnosis doesn't define you. It's not who you are. You might have something, but you don't need to wear it as a badge of honour. We very quickly said to each other, my husband and I, I don't, he's not to be known as the child with CF. He is just Geordie. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't actually know that he has CF. The beauty of CF is you can't see it. Um, so, you know, you are not endometriosis. You are not PCOS. You are not infertility personified. You are a human being that your body is reacting in such a way that we need to show it another way, basically. Our ego is wired to attach to um, words as our identity. So I can imagine I took that on when I got labelled as polycystic ovaries. I held on an infertile. Mm. I held on to that as part of my identity for the rest of my life. And it was only doing myself a disservice. If only I had a mum like you who said, you know, we can change destiny. Your mm. body has an incredible capacity to change the gene expression. And food is medicine through so many alternative practices that thank God we're opening up to now. Now, you can actually completely change your destiny. Totally. So this is what I look at Geordie again and go, okay, well, technically he's not supposed to be able to breathe properly um, and there's just there's no evidence of that mm -hmm. whatsoever. In fact, he gets over a cold now quicker than I would get over a cold. Wow. Um, Imagine what his life would look like if you had taken that doctor's advice and <sighs> instantly put him on antibiotics. Imagine how much the offset of that. I would actually hate to think because I've seen it happen and I know... To, to other kids. Yeah, and I know... And look, again, it's genetic, but then his other genes play in as well. Just mm. so you can't compare... And also the mindset. Absolutely. That's absolutely where it's at. But you can't compare two children with CF, just like you can't compare two women with endometriosis because all of your other genes mm. play into how that plays out for you. Mm -hmm. So how well do you detoxify? How's your gut health? What mm -hmm. You know, it's not that just... That is such an important note to make every single human is a bio-individual mm -hmm. every single human has a different constitution and genes they've inherited and reactions to foods a different emotional composition all of this plays into your health and what will work for you may not work for another person and vice versa mm. so it's so important to trust your gut instinct to know that you know, how to take your health into your own hands. Yeah, your instinct is your own little tracking well, yeah, guidance, little you know. It will it will take you where you need to go if you can just allow that to happen. But you do, you've got to push the fear aside and you've got to move past that. And that's that's the part that we struggle with. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Let's talk about fertility. Yeah. Is there a fertility epidemic? Infertility. Yeah. infertility. In, sorry, infertility, yes. Yeah, we, we're in the middle of it. I call it the, it's a modern day problem. Um because we are living lives that are full of pressure and our body is doing exactly what it should under pressure. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. So, it's protecting us. Totally. And you know what's interesting too is I know when we conceived Geordie, I was not my best health. I really wasn't. And there's a lot of research into mothers being deficient in certain elements that if you are predisposed and, well, my husband has to be a carrier and I have to be a carrier to have a child with CF, um, that... Your body's clever but silly at the same time. It doesn't put the best composition together under that pressure. So for some people that might look like miscarriage or inability to fall pregnant. For others it might present with the wrong genes matching up. Mm -hmm. um, so I – and I of course wouldn't change Geordie for the world. I'm, you know, he's just such a blessing to us. So – but I know that there is research to indicate that women are often deficient in selenium and that there's, you know, we're learning more about this. So, yes, I think it's a modern day problem, um, but I also think it's it's just a reaction to what we're the exposing stress, ourselves the to. Pressure. Yeah. So I think, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but my take on the infertility issue is, yes, as you said, number one, stress. I feel like we're living in the most stressful society ever. And would you say like biologically the body doesn't want to become pregnant under stress because in nature that would not be a good situation Nothing's to be pregnant flowing or when you're stressful. Birthing. Absolutely. And then what do we do? We go, well, I'm not falling pregnant, so I'm going to have to enlist IVF or some type of consisted 
conception method. That's what stress. I want to. Yeah, that's what I want to ask you about. If your body is not, and I haven't done IVF, but I've had several pregnancies that haven't made it. But I do know several people who have done IVF. What is your idea on your body is telling you it's not ready to hold child, but people then take it to the next step and do IVF? Um, what's your idea around that? Two things. I think, one, if you're not in a position to conceive, you've got to look at what that is, why that is. Yes. Um, and moving your body as close as possible to your best state. Some people still might need IVF, but at least they're in a state where they're not, it's not this drawn out 10 year process. It's one round, two rounds, maybe pregnant. Um, and for whatever reason that might be, there can be all sorts of complications. The, like I said, the body is wild. The other thing is we buy in again, we feed the fears. So my best friend couldn't fall pregnant. Therefore, well, the chances are I'm not going to be able to fall pregnant. We've already, set ourselves, that, we've already set ourselves up to fail. And the, one, the number one thing I say to women coming into the clinic that especially have been trying for a period of time, I say, right, as of this moment right now, from here on in, we are going to think, act and behave as if we're already pregnant. What choices would you make today if you were already pregnant? Because often they come in and they say, oh my goodness, I've been trying for four years. If I hear another pregnancy announcement, if I get another first birthday invitation from my friends, I cannot handle this anymore. I don't want to be exposed to it. I need, I just want to shut myself away. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, you are pushing away the very thing that you are trying mm-hmm. to invite in. This is such a common situation. Mm-hmm. So common. And can I tell you how profound it is when I ask women and I say, all right, so as of now, this is what we're going to do. How would it feel, not the pregnancy, not being pregnant, let's just go, okay, that's a goal, right? How would it feel right now if you're pregnant? And they often say, oh, I'd be relaxed or relieved or I'd be a little bit scared, but I'd be excited. But it's these feelings that are beautiful and and That are going to open you up to it. Correct, right? So, and their face changes and they get all like, oh, Nat, that feels great. Like, thank you so much. And they fall pregnant because they're inviting it in and they're not feeding the fears. So there's this, this, we're setting ourselves up for failure before we've even begun. And I did the same thing. I didn't know if I could have children beforehand. I remember saying to my husband, well, I don't know if we can have kids, so we probably should just start trying because I've never been pregnant. I don't know. I had already set myself up for failure as well when, and I fell pregnant the first month, he was pretty upset with that. He was like, what happened to the trying like, part? <laughs> you're like, like I wanted to try for a little more. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, this is all, this is all serious now. Um, so I think it is this shift in the way that we are looking at you know, the way that our body works and you are not your best friend or the other person or the neighbour or whoever. And also, if you are living your best life and you are putting nutrition first and you're doing all of these things, you're not the same as people who are in that category anyway. And we get fed, you know, after 30, fertility declines, you need to do it. Oh, my goodness, it's just, it's just, just constant. a number. Yeah, you, you can't, we're not chocolate box, you know, no, versions of each other. I have other. a 41-year-old that, that walked in on Monday last week and she's like, you told me to start thinking as if I'm pregnant and guess what? Preggy! <laughs> you know, I, I just think we've got to put that aside. As we get older, it might take a little bit longer, but it doesn't mean you're not going to fall pregnant. Not at all. So stress and diet and mindset, emotional, mental mindset, what do you think about environmental toxins? I was about to say to you, the other big piece is environment. Um, absolutely. That's, you know, we are exposed to so many known endocrine disruptors. They are playing funny business with our hormones that's just what they do. Perfumes are a culprit. Absolutely. Scents, like body products, yes. right, and creams. Yep, absolutely. So uh, anything that you put on your body, shampoo, conditioner, um, obviously body wash, moisturiser, perfumes, but even our toilet paper is perfumed often. You don't know it. Wow. You don't think about it. And every time my husband... The room sprays and scents. Every time my husband goes and buys fragrance toilet paper, I lose my mind. I'm like, my little girl is wiping her wow. bottom with that, you know? That's something to think about. So just being very aware, but then also our cleaning products, even what they spray the sidewalk with, you know, is often to maintain gardens or weeds or I don't actually know what they're doing with it, but it's on our shoes. We walk it inside the house. Like it's just, it's all around us and that can be stressful. We can go, oh my goodness, where do I start with this? And it's really being able to look at the things that you can change and sometimes leave behind the things that we can't. But we've 
got to try. Yeah, just lessen the load coming towards you by making conscious choices to always do natural, organic, essential oil-based fragrances. Absolutely. You okay, Jenna? Yeah, I'm having like pressure in my solar plexus randomly, but I don't think it necessarily means anything. (laughs) I just feel it. It's like, it's weird. Huh, okay. Well, we'll get back to that. Maybe that's... When I, and also when I press on it, I can feel it oh, behind wow. my ears. Huh, wonder what that is. Sorry to digress. Let's get back <laughs> no, to the one. No, no make sure you're okay. Yeah, I was just like checking you out. Like you look a bit glazed over. Yeah, I'm like, why is do, do you want? Do you want some water? Yeah, have someone. Yeah, Go on. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt okay, the conversation. No, no, that's fine. But when I realized that environmental toxins were hormone disruptors and making a seriously contrib- uh, contributing to my health in a negative way and could be a positive contribution, mm-hmm. I completely did an inventory of every single product in my entire home. And I was one of those people who used to put perfume, conventional perfume, aka poison, mm-hmm. on my meridian points, which is behind the ears, behind the wrist, which all women do every day. That is a hormone disruptor going into your bloodstream. And uh, yeah, I've, I mean, that can majorly, majorly change the amount of toxins you're exposed to on a daily basis. Absolutely. I think that it's, we've just got to become aware of this. And we are so lucky to be living at a time where there are beautiful alternatives. Oh yeah, the best, way better than the conventional ones. But not only that, I mean, when I first started in this space, to change shampoos, you felt like you were washing your hair with detergent. Like it wasn't, there was nothing nourishing, nothing moisturising about it. It was just like I would dread washing my hair because it wasn't in, enjoyable anymore. It was not fun. Um, so we have all of these, you know, amazing alternatives, so many plant-based really good options. What I would say to people is don't be overwhelmed by that. Each time one thing is, you know, finish, replace it with a, a greener, healthier, organic, cleaner product because it can be extremely expensive and overwhelming if you go in and overhaul all of your cleaning products, all of your washing products, all of your body products. Start with your body ones first and just really think about what you are, you know, what's the majority. But most women before they've left the house have exposed themselves to hundreds of chemicals, probably from their eight staple beauty products. Mm. And this isn't this is just it's not an ideal situation. So is coconut oil okay? Yes. That's yes. my oh staple my beauty product. I just want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. But then I also say, you know, this can also become extremely overwhelming for people. And I I say to patients, choose. If there's something that you like to do, you like to get your hair colored, well, now we've got even alternatives there. Organic. I use organic dyes. Same. Plant based dyes. Same. But some patients say, Oh, my favorite lipstick is NARS. I'll say, amazing. Change everything else, but hold if that's something that you wake up and it brings you joy. You, that's good. That's Psychologically, okay. you want to kind of wean them onto it. Otherwise, they may just freak out and totally. not be able to do it. But you know, and sometimes I have this one color and I don't wear it that often because every time I wear it, someone on social media says, What is that? And I'm like, It's not. Oh, <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm I can't yet remember. to find. And when I find the, the alternative that matches, I will absolutely change. But it's just interesting. Um, but you know, I go, it's it's only every now and again and it brings me joy and mm. I move on with the day. And then when you're doing something every now and again versus every day, all day, it is like less going to affect you less. Too. Absolutely. So. This is what I'm saying. You know, we still have to enjoy mm-hmm. our day. And mm-hmm. if there's certain little things that you're compensating, you know, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, mm-hmm. those other small things you know, enjoy your life and as well. As you said, there are other ways we are exposed to toxins that are out of our control. Yes. I don't want to go into chemtrails or, you know, <laughs> pollution or any of that stuff that is real, by the way. Um, but we are exposed to a lot of stuff that we can't help. So like in, electromagnetic yeah, radiation. Yeah, yeah, EMF, one more all thing. That stuff. EMF. I, I interviewed a woman who she's a, a building biologist, but she had n- nine or ten miscarriages before they realised that their bedroom was at the front of the house under the electricity meter. Oh yeah. And so they moved to the back of the house. Five G is this recently? Yeah. yeah. What, was it a five G yes, box? Yeah. yeah, I've he- heard, heard some 5G, insane yeah. stories. Five totally. G, but that's all she is did. Not good. And again, her body is, is more... Um, Probably sensitive. Sensitive is the word I'm looking yeah. for. Thank you. More sensitive to that. So we're all different again. Yeah. Um, and 
but if you know, if you can avoid things or you can set things up to to protect yourself, then you well, the first should. thing is being aware of it. Just having this conversation. Some people are unaware that the conventional beauty products, perfumes, cleaning products, etc., are poison. They and and they are endocrine disruptors. Yes, serious disruptors. Um, and some people don't think EMFs exist. For example, I mean, it's it's coming out and or chemtrails yeah. or any of that stuff, and it's all now coming out as hard facts and yeah. truth. Um, but just understanding it, you can then look for a remedy to it. Totally. But I don't think anyone's actually smart enough to come up, make these things up. Yeah. <laughs> they come well, from somewhere, well, they don't very they? very quickly label it as yes. conspiracy theories to devalue the yeah. information so the bigger corporation can continue, continue to make money mm. out of what's actually poisoning and nuking us. Um, but on that on that note, these environmental toxins that we're being exposed to that we can't really control, there are other ways to level out that dam- damage, such as, you know, doing a heavy metal detox smoothie every day or making up with your diet being, you know, coriander-based, like everything that's helping you remove the, the heavy metals mm. or drinking lots of water with spirulina in it or whatever it may be. There are ways to compensate where, as you said, if you're not willing to give up on one area of your life, then make sure that in the other areas such as exercise and diet, you really are paying attention. Absolutely. One other thing we haven't touched on quickly that's a massive one is plastic. And even if it's BPA-free, it's still plastic. It's still leaching into your body. Your body doesn't – what that actually mimics in your body is estrogen. And we should probably talk about estrogen is probably the number one hormone imbalance that I see, excess estrogen. estrogen and estrogen the same thing? Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, Plastics will leach into your food. You know, we're drinking out of plastic water bottles. We're often reusing them, um, which is great for sustainability but not great for your body. So moving away from plastic altogether and definitely not heating in plastic containers is very, very important. But just because it's BPA-free doesn't mean that it's actually safer. Um, These chemicals, they do. They mimic estrogen in your body. That's exactly the same as what's happening with these um, body products and the chemicals in our body products. They mimic estrogen. So it's not true estrogen, but your body doesn't know the difference. It just adds it to the estrogen pile. And we know that excess estrogen is associated with, you know, certain cancers, especially breast cancer, but it's also contributing to things like endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, infertility, thyroid issues. Um, So we really need to look at ways of not only minimising our exposure, but also clearing estrogen from our body for for more balanced hormones. And not supporting the plastic island out there that's the size of Texas. Mm Mm-hmm. And how do we do that? How do we support? How do we? How what? do we get excess estrogen out? Oh, sorry, I was like, okay, I don't know how to fix the plastic. Yeah. Island. I'm like, I don't know what to <laughs> do about the plastic. plastic. Just don't buy plastic. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, your body in a perfect world would detoxify from this itself, but unfortunately it's so slammed um, that it, we need to support it and help, help it along. So we know our gut is one of the main places that we um, detoxify estrogen and we have got evidence of this now that um, there was research done around a one strain of bacteria called estrobolome and they were able to confirm that it does just that. It detoxifies or clears estrogen. Now, what they did was they did a study on women with breast cancer and they discovered that most of them lacked this one type of bacteria. Hmm. And that would be in their gut? Correct. Interesting. But we're not at a point of going, oh, you just take that one strain. We will one day. We're not there yet. We have to work on the whole gut as a whole. So your microbiome, your gut permeability, um, gut really making sure. It's everything. It we, is everything. I, we need to do an episode just on gut health. Have we not? No, we need oh to. It is the second brain. The yeah, totally. And I mean, this is why I fell in love with Chinese medicine was because that was one of the first things I heard. The gut is the epicenter of your health. Mm-hmm. If that's working, everything else is working. Chinese medicine didn't have an understanding for microbiome, gut flora, gut permeability, inflammation, autoimmune. It doesn't, you know, it, it ha- it's its own um, system. Correct. So it... it the gut is probably the first place to start. Our liver is responsible for converting testosterone and estrogen. Um, so if that's not happening properly, we really need to get onto liver detoxification. That's the second path. There's five pathways that the liver um, is responsible for and it's that second pathway that we're talking about for estrogen. So simple things like increasing fibre mm-hmm. can help move out excess estrogen. E- excess hormones will bind to fibre and you'll just go to the toilet and... Get rid of that. Um, so that's easy. Increase green leafy veggies, slippery elm, psyllium, um, 
it's not hard to increase fiber and really notice a difference. And there's supplements that you can use as well, but I'm very much about sustainable living. How can we use, how can we invite food in that's something that we can do as a habit day in and day out rather than rely on a supplement? Supplements can be a great sort of short-term little medicine little tweak. Little tweak, yes. But when I, we don't need to rely on these things long-term. We need to I use totally that. Agree. Can I ask you a question? Because in, in Chinese medicine, I know there's a lot of herbalism that happens as well. And so like, for example, I'm a vegan, so I might need some herbs supplement my diet. Do you think that should also not be con- taken as a supplement long-term? Or do you think like I should find that in whole foods? I think that we need to find the majority in whole foods. Mm-hmm. But there are certain things like magnesium is... I, I call it the super superpower of all um, supplements. We cannot physically eat enough to meet the demands of what our body now needs. Under stress, we require more, um, and over three hundred and fifty energy processes within your body require enough magnesium. When we're stressed, we use more of it, and so that's just not it's available. Depleted. Correct. So, so many patients issues go away by supplementing uh, supplementing not estrogen we're magnesium. never going to do that magnesium <laughs> um it, it really is one that's a non-negotiable for me but there aren't many because i want to invite people the opportunity to do that via their diet mm-hmm. there's even when it comes to vegans and i see a variety of patients and, and i say to them all the time all right you're vegan is it working for you you've got to work that out mm-hmm. and that can be a really tricky conversation to have but mm-hmm. you know there are very healthy i'm looking at one now healthy vegans that li- thrive and Mm -hmm. that works for you and for some women it doesn't Mm -hmm. um so i ask them you know if they're waking up every day and their whites of their eyes are no longer white they're gray and they're tired and their menstrual cycles are missing and they listen to the signals your body's sending you what is your body asking you in a different direction my body's not giving me any of those signals so it's works for your unique constitution constitution correct exactly and i think the majority of us don't get me wrong can thrive with more plants in our diet absolutely then the rest we need to look at, you know, what does your body require? How does all that play out like we spoke about at the beginning? Genetically, what do you require? Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be a hard conversation to have too. But, you know, we get there in the end. I feel like we've skipped the foundation question where, you know, I've, as I mentioned before, I've been struggling with fertility and thyroid issues my whole life. Now, the problem was there was no testing panel or guidance I received from medical professionals to give me a clear idea of what the root cause and what the root issue was. So for the people out there listening who suspect that they may have fertility thyroid issues, and I want to wrap up on the fertility so we can then focus on the thyroid. And I know that they're totally connected as well. Um, for, for people who are living in the mystery of what exactly is going on, these symptoms are happening, but I don't know where to test and where to start and what professional to go to and where to start so I can start figuring out what the remedy is. How can someone, what I know that I couldn't find a test that gave me accurate readings and I didn't know what to test. What, am I going to test the hormones? Is that a separate test to my thyroid? How do I test my gut health? Like where do I start? So what would your advice be? When a patient comes in, I will never, ever, ever dismiss symptoms. Symptoms are your biggest key to then allow you to go on a little bit of a path of, of discovery. So often we're told that we don't have those symptoms, which is totally rude. Um, because we know <laughs> how we... We know how we feel, but yeah, we're totally. often dismissed, you I know? know, especially when it comes to pain. We know that this is a big issue and, and especially women, we're not taken seriously. And, you know, sometimes your doctor might not have experienced that type of pain before. So they're basing it on their own experience, not what they've actually seen in the clinic. And anyway, that's another conversation. So signs and symptoms are never wrong. So I, I always allow them to guide me. Um, when patients first come in, I don't test straight up because often if we can tweak the the lifestyle the nutrition the environment things will fall into place fall no into balance place. and yep. testing is expensive mm-hmm. so i will start there yep. and then if if we're still not getting anywhere which very rarely happens then we can go and look at okay well what's still here and what do we need to test so i'm a major fan of the dutch test it's a dry urine test um, it's very accurate you do it at yourself at home you send it off uh, it tests for 
how your body is using your hormones, not how much of a hormone you have. So say something like you look at your progesterone readings, let's say, and they all look good on paper. You've done a blood panel. It's like, yep, all good, no problem. But every month you've got wild PMS symptoms. Your breasts are sore, you're depressed, um, you're not falling pregnant or you're miscarrying every month. Your body isn't using potentially your progesterone properly. That blood test is just telling you how much you have. If all your progesterone sitting outside of your cells not doing anything... Why is this not common knowledge? I went to my gynecologist after my second um, miscarriage and she's like, oh, it's just an endocrine, it's just a like, you know, mismatch on the genetic thing. I'm like, wait yeah, a second, there is something going on. She blamed on. the baby. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> she blamed the baby. I'm like, can we not test what's going on inside my body so I don't have to com- continue to miscarriage? We don't do any tests until the third mm. Um, you know in a row miscarriage otherwise we're not going to test because it's so normal for women to miscarriage Mm. with an endocrine problem and I'm like this is insane that she couldn't have a discussion with me and say well you know low progesterone can look like miscarriages so why don't you just go get a test to see if that's the issue or not. The other issue with this is if you come up with having low progesterone they're just going to prescribe progesterone. Now the progesterone is probably not the issue it's the other hormones that are out of balance causing that so that's actually the symptom not the problem. So we need to look into this and there are doctors that will do this. It's a matter of finding the right doctor. This just just should be general knowledge. Like my gynecologist doesn't know this. This is insane. So I find for for our sex hormones, the Dutch test works really well. Um, For our thyroid, blood testing or saliva testing gives us a a reasonable reasonable (laughs) reading or at least something to base it on to be able to look at any progress. But again, I still come back to saying you can have dodgy blood readings but you feel great. Well, I'm going to go with and how vice you feel. versa. Yeah. And vice versa, because yeah. I've had thyroid oh, we'll issues. Talk about that. <laughs> yeah, and I go to get it tested, and it comes out perfectly fine. Mm. And I'm like, but wait a second, that's not. That's it's. I just know in my gut that that's not true. Like I, and of course I do alternative testing and see alternative doctors, and then it comes back the opposite result of the conventional medicine, medicine hormone testing. Yes. So can I move into thyroid on that note? Yeah. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. Fertility. Oh. What should women be doing to up their fertility game? Give us like cliff notes. Like what are okay, your top so five things? We've already spoken about nutrition, fat and yep. protein at every meal, non-negotiable. Your hormones are made of fat and protein. Okay. So that's a, a must. Um, looking after digestive health. Again, if you can't assimilate nutrients you're kind of in a bit of a pickle a because you're not gonna, correct and you're not going to yeah. you know you're not going to replicate healthy cells and this is what we yeah. need to be doing and the ecology book is brilliant for that yes yes and thirdly it's this mindset piece it's shifting the 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 mindset to being a, it's a can do mindset not a this is never going to happen for me and that's really tricky but that's the actually out of all of the things that's the most important brilliant i believe it and hold some crystals and call that in we just interviewed someone on crystals 101 and we're like so into manifesting with the power of crystals to just lightning bolted in. All right, let's get to the thyroid because we don't have that I much know. more time. Yes, I know, okay. I know. We it's like everybody take a breath. It's all connected. Ah, thyroid time. <laughs> so the thing with the I went on a bit of my own learning path with the thyroid because of the same reason. Mm-hmm. So many patients coming into the clinic with all of the symptoms of an unhappy thyroid, yet it's they're tests- tricky to find the exact readings because they're constantly fluctuating. Correct. And correct? they're supposed to fluctuate, yes. right? So I discovered that in 2003, the reference ranges for TSH were actually changed, um, but not all path labs were reporting the new reference ranges and not all doctors knew that they'd changed. So 2003, you do the math. That was 15 years ago. Wow. <laughs> you still, I still have reports that are coming in, patients being told that there's nothing wrong just based on a TSH reading. So dangerous. Totally. So what you need to know is that the reference ranges were changed from 0.5 to 5 to be somewhere between 0.3 to 3. That's a big difference. Now, the thing with your thyroid is it's the master controller of your metabolism. It Every single cell in your body requires your thyroid to work and thyroid hormones are secreted in really small amounts but have a really profound effect. So if they're out just ever so slightly, you're going to feel the effects of that, which is why since so many people are actually experiencing issues, yet it's not being picked up. So I always want someone's TSH to sit somewhere around one for them to feel good. 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 Hmm. What's that? Hmm. Interesting. 
Hello. Hello. Wow. Angels intervene there for a second. I'll just go again. Yes, We're go about again. to get messages from aliens. Okay. I always want someone's TSH to be somewhere around one for them to feel good. Um, and then we need to look at the what else is going on and what their signs and symptoms are to confirm or at least lead us on a path to maybe test other thyroid hormones or other things like antibodies or something else that might be at play. Um, but you're Again, your symptoms are never wrong when it comes to your thyroid and you must use those to lead you to then be able to test for the right things. And so what are the most common symptoms to show you that your thyroid is out of balance? They are so wide and varied. But the most common, I would say weight gain, well, it depends if you're talking about an overactive or underactive is most common. Um, Overactive is literally the opposite to this. So weight gain, foggy head, hair loss, Cold hands and feet, low libido, infertility, low libido, dry skin, um, brittle hair, period nails, problems, anxiety, depression, missing periods, long periods, short periods. <laughs> yeah, got it. And then the opposite is overactive thyroid. Yeah, so overactive isn't as common, um, and it can happen postpartum. It can happen during pregnancy. That's kind of common. Um, they generally lose weight pretty quickly. They feel very racy, antsy. Um, low libido sin- tends to still happen even if it's hyper, um, but they tend to feel the opposite. So mm-hmm. the, the most common symptom there definitely is the weight loss. Okay, great. So if you have any of those symptoms, <laughs> the type of test you want to go and make sure you're getting is is TSH. So TSH is – you ask for a full thyroid panel. So you're getting your TSH, your T3, your T4, your reverse T3, reverse T4 – your TPO, which is your antibodies as well. So you want to be testing to see if your body's got any resistance, basically. It's producing antibodies because it thinks that there's something foreign that it needs to go and attack and that can then lead you down the rabbit hole of Hashimoto's or some yeah, type of autoimmune disorders. autoimmune disorder. So the thing with the thyroid is it's linked to your fertility um, kind of by association. Um what tends to happen is that our under stress, so it's very receptive to stress, mm-hmm. so it all comes back to the same thing we were talking about before. And again, it just also comes back to your genetics and if this is your predisposition. That's it. If, you're, if it's in your family lineage, then you're obviously predisposed right. to it. Yeah. So stress will of some kind will be an instigator. So stress being poor gut health, liver not detoxifying, terrible thoughts, maybe something that's happened, some Emotional trauma. stress. Correct, mm-hmm. yep. And um, as you said, environment. Birth. Birth can be birth, a big one. Absolutely. It can be not, very traumatizing. Not Just loving kidding. not loving your it job, not loving where you live, living mm-hmm. in a messy house, like Bad so many relationship. things. That, yes. Mm-hmm. All of these things are pressure. And what they will do is over time, cortisol, which is the stress hormone, starts to rob from progesterone. Progesterone is the hormone that kicks in for ovulation, um, helps to maintain pregnancy or especially in those early stages, helps us to be more fertile, feel good, feel alive, um, starts to rob from progesterone to make more cortisol. And then over time what happens is our progesterone tapers off, oestrogen keeps on rising, Mm -hmm. we're adding to that oestrogen pile again. And then you're miscarriaging. Correct. And oestrogen blocks your thyroid hormones from converting properly. And then you get Hashimoto's, right? Well, if you're predisposed or you've got that autoimmune element, usually that's a result of some type of virus or something that's happened in your past. Got it. Not past life, just past. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you for the distinction because I need that distinction. But (laughs) can I say one more thing about the thyroid? We probably need to look at metaphysically what else might be going on. And if you mm. think of where it is and what's going on, what aren't you saying? What isn't mm-hmm. being spoken? Mm-hmm. What, you know, mm-hmm. we've got to look at that aspect as well, mm-hmm. that maybe there's something that you're not voicing that you need to. So there's, you know, there's so many facets to it and we're still learning so much about the thyroid. Mm-hmm. But I think if you understand fundamentally it's robbing from your progesterone and your progesterone is so important for your fertility, mm-hmm. it's so important for you to feel good regardless of whether you want children or not. It helps you sleep. It's great for bone health. Mm. makes your eyes bright, makes you wake up in the, you know, we need balanced estrogen and progesterone. But as I was saying before, what do we do? We go, oh, we're just going to give you some progesterone. No, 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 no. Well, the no, problem no. with that is your estrogen is still high. So look at ways of getting estrogen down. Which diet. I'm currently on, on, well, I'm on supplements and diet to bring estrogen down mm. and to bring progesterone up so I don't miscarriage anymore. So I'll say this because I know we're running out of time, but the number one key symptom for excess estrogen is ovulation pain. If you have ovulation pain, you have too much estrogen. Mm. You need to start to look at clearing mm-hmm. that out. And what do you, how so I'm you doing that like with a diet, when you're ovulating? cramps, right? I've Not just a it. pop 
that's different. A lot of women will just feel like, oh, I've never felt a pop or anything. No, so I, that's okay. That's good. There's nothing fine. wrong with that. You're fine. Okay. But if you get actual, a lot of women's ovulation pain will be worse than period pain and they'll have it for a day or more. Whoa. Wow. I didn't that's, know that um, was... That's the type of pain which um, leads people to passing out, right? Can do. Did Oof. for me. No, yeah, wow. <laughs> a, a couple of girlfriends have passed out from that pain. From yeah. the pain that I of know. ovulating? Yeah, I guess so. Really? Well, they just, they didn't know how to distinguish yes. whether that's period pain or, or you're ovulating. Well, I mean, if you don't get your period after then no well it was during the period so that means that so it that was, oh, no, it was period pain yeah menstrual pain so ovulation yeah. pain is in the middle of the cycle okay mm-hmm. got it got it mm. okay so just quick note on the diet for me that if anyone else is dealing with low progesterone which i found out was why i was miscarrying amongst something else which i'm about to drop the bomb on you nat just hold on there no eggs no dairy so no milk cheese no corn no soy and no pork And I've been on that strict diet to lower the estrogen, which allows my progesterone to creep up. And then with progesterone, I've been taking um, wheat germ oil and that is helping me kind of regulate those hormones and bring them together. So my whole system is more balanced. Yeah. So that's my approach right now. Flax oil is great as well. Flax Flax oil. Yeah. Helps to metabolize estrogen better and Support progesterone. That's a good one. Yeah. And I'm about to ask you something and I know we're wrapping up soon, but I just have to bring this into the conversation. So as you know, as Jenna knows very deeply, I've been on this whole mission to find out why I've been miscarrying and what was behind my ectopic pregnancy. And because as I said, I went to go get my thyroid tested. Thyroid's fine. Your your hormones are fine. And I was like, no, ever since I gave birth, there has been something up with my health. I've felt that I never got replenished properly from my pregnancy and my birth. That's probably true. Well, that's true. We just Mm -hmm. released a podcast this week about um, how important it is to regenerate your system after pregnancy and birth. So check that out, guys, if you haven't. So what I found, which is seeming to be a bit of a buzzword right now, but people are still trying to figure out more details about it because it has been a mystery for so long, is Epstein-Barr virus, EVB. Now, my understanding on Epstein-Barr virus is that it's a virus that majority of us have. I would say 90% of us have, whether that's active or non-active. And if it's active, what level it's at is the question. And then that will be seen in the type of symptoms and where your health is at. So Epstein-Barr virus is contracted. Usually it's like a kissing disease or you can, it's even airborne currently, Um, but we get it as glandular fever or mono in America, you guys call it. And then it can stay dormant your whole life, but then in under extreme stress, emotional, mental, or physical stress, such as a birth or a big emotional trauma, the stress receptors feed the Epstein-Barr virus and then they get to the next level. Now, most of the time, the Epstein-Barr virus lives and burrows itself in the thyroid. So a lot of the time, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just schooling myself on this through specific books, one called The Medical Medium, which a lot of people know about and a lot of people are skeptical about, but it resonates deeply with my findings. Um, But... They find that the thyroid imbalance is a lot of the time Epstein-Barr that's living in the thyroid and that's creating um, dis- like disruption in that area. So I'm trying to kill my Epstein-Barr in order to balance out the thyroid, which obviously is connected to the progesterone. So what I'm trying to say is... What are your thoughts on Epstein-Barr virus being the underlying cause for so many? Obviously, there are other environmental factors that can impact this, but where do you think Epstein-Barr virus sits in its its connection with um, thyroid low progesterone, fertility, health. and thyroid? I think um, viruses, yeah, in general, yeah, is very much at the core of a lot of this. In my experience, definitely, I will always ask somebody and they've always had some form of some virus. So whether it's Epstein-Barr or, like you said, glandular fever, dengue fever, chickenpox. Retro is a big yeah. one. So it it it's you're right. I think we're learning this. This is all very fairly new territory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we have to look at that piece 
to be able to actually get a control Put all the pieces on. of yep. the puzzle together. Yeah, and I think in the past what we've done is we've done, you know, in a roundabout way, haven't realised that we are improving our health on the whole and it's actually dealing with that aspect. But I say a virus is, it's like someone came in here, this is very, very over the top, but someone came in here and I had a gun and I shot them dead and they're lying in the doorway. They're not hurting you whilst they're lying there, but you've got to get over them every time you come in and every time you go out of this, this and it becomes an issue and it becomes exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the example I learned at school. But the difference is now we're learning that these things can kind of, <laughs> he gets resurrected. Uh-huh. Zombie, <laughs> zombie dead man coming back to so, that. So I think we need to definitely, I, uh, there is definitely, Consider we know that. that it's also that, that my understanding is, again, what you're predisposed to, um, there's belief to also suggest that this is linked to cancer now as well. So wow. it's just okay, what, So how do we find a test that actually registers whether you have that virus or not? You can test viruses in general and oh, that okay. will come up. Okay. Yeah, generally um, they can tell you what you've had. Um, I'm not 100% with Epstein-Barr because it is, this is it's such a very new, yeah, new... It's all very new, but yeah. I, I think it's probably only a matter of time. But if you can remember a point or ask your mum, was there a point if you have a relationship with whoever, your loved one, was there a point where I was ever so sick that I couldn't get off the couch? Mm-hmm. You know, I know as a child I, I got um, Ross River virus and I remember I was... It sounds very Australian, that virus. Very, what's it called? Ross River virus. Yeah. <laughs> but I was... It was from mosquitoes. But I was housebound for weeks on end. I couldn't see light and, you know, so you, you've, it's, it's part of your makeup now. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? And that's probably something that could come back up if you ever get to a point where your immune system is totally maxed out. And raw garlic. That's right. Antiviral. Yeah. There's so many amazing antivirals. Mm -hmm. Totally. Okay. So maybe for our listeners, if you're feeling any signs or symptoms that your thyroid or your fertility is off, not only do the thyroid testing that Nat suggested um, and the fertility stuff to, to up your fertility game, but also do a virus panel, mm. do, do a little yeah. test on the virus front. Bloods are they're, easy. Because they're all connected. Yeah, definitely. And I think you just bomb them all out at once. Yeah, Why not? totally. Okay, mm. so do we have an um, invitation for our listeners? Here, I have an invitation for our listeners. Great. Are you unconsciously contributing to a thyroid or infertility imbalance through your diet or lifestyle? What are three changes you can make from our above points that will move you toward better health in these areas? Okay. Pick Amazing. one, do it. Pick one, do Love it. Right back to us, let us know. Nat, Nat, it has been so oh, that lovely. That was like radio sound, like surround sound. Can you do that again? Nat, Nat, <laughs> come to me. Tell us everything, Nat. <laughs> no, seriously, but tell us everything. Where can people get a hold of you? Give us your Instagram, give us your website. Are you doing courses? Do you have a book out? What is going on? All of that. So everything's on my website, natkringudis.com. It's K-R... Oh, we'll link it. In the big, yeah, we'll great. link it. Thank you, because it's my pet gripe when someone spells you just something. Go Nat K. Yeah, I know, right? NK. Um, my Instagram is Nat Kringudis. Everything is Facebook, everything. I love communicating on Instagram with people. It's my f- one of the – it's just fun. It's fun. Great, it's yeah. pretty. Um, I, have a, uh, I have several master classes, but one is debunking your thyroid. Um, so yes. it's basically the everyday. What can you do for the everyday to help take your thyroid to better health? Um, we'll link I help you too. understand your blood tests, um, read into the just the nutrients that you need. Take your health into your own hands, people. You mm-hmm. can do you it. Trust well, it's not, you have to do so, this course. I'll leave you with this. It's not actually what you do at the doctor's office. It's actually what you do when you leave that counts because that's the everyday. So it's each and every day, what are you doing to improve your health? Brilliant. Thank you, Nat. Thank you for for your vast wisdom. Thank you, gorgeous girl. (laughs) Wow. I could just keep going for hours. This is like so part of my history and close to my heart. So thank you for spreading the wisdom. She'll be stalking you. I will be. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get on the phone. Thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and we will have you with us next time. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.